Before we get started with today's show, I want to tell you guys about betonline.ag. It's that time of year, March Madness. Whether your team's on the bubble or in the big dance, rooting for Houston or Purdue, Big East or Big 12, Bet Online Sportsbook has you covered with all the props, odds, promos, and parlays for this year's March Madness. Use our promo code BLEAV50, that's B-L-E-A-V-5-0, to get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with the link in the description to this episode. Bet Online, where the game starts. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, or good night. However, and whenever it is you may be listening, thank you for stopping into another fantabulous episode of the Take It Easy podcast live on the Believe Podcast Network, except it isn't live because it is, as always, a podcast. Welcome, 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 everybody. It is a fan-flippin'-tabulous February 27th, according to my count. It may not be that according to your count, but we appreciate you stopping in, however, and whenever it is, you may be listening. And for almost making this a record-setting month here on the Take It Easy podcast, we've already recorded 12,000 downloads. 12,000 downloads in 26 days here on the podcast. That comes dang close to a 31-day record of 12,500. If February had been a full 30 to 31 days, we might have had a record-setting month here on the Take It Easy podcast. So thank you, thank you, thank you to all of you who continue to support this show and support our dreams. And thank you to all of those who went out and bought our book last week, The Fall, or sorry, The Spurs Dynasty. It came out on Tuesday last week. We've seen sales that have had us break even on our book, and that is such an accomplishment to have that happen. We are so, so grateful for all of you who have continued to support our dreams here over the past couple of years, and now continuing that onward and upward here on the Take It Easy podcast. One of those dreams that you all have continued to support got to come true for me this past weekend, because on Friday of last week, I got the distinct privilege of working the Sacramento Kings and Los Angeles Clippers having the second largest scoring game in the history of the NBA on the Sacramento Kings radio or Sacramento Kings audio network because it's radio and on demand on the Sacramento Kings audio network I got to be the board operator and producer extraordinaire for the game it was so much fun I got to be the stats person I got to be the highlights person we're going to share some of those highlights here today when we talk about that game because it was no no question the most entertaining NBA regular season game I have ever watched. And it's hard to debate. 
in the last 10 years that there has been a better regular season game. I was having this conversation with some basketball friends I have, and they were saying the only game they could compare it to when you're talking about offensive explosions, back and forth, multiple overtimes, game-winning shots, buzzer beaters. The closest comparison they could think of was the Portland Trailblazers versus Denver Nuggets first round playoff game back in 2021, which if you'll remember was a game where Damian Lillard scored the Blazers last 24 points, scored the last 11 points of regulation in about a minute and 10 seconds, carried Portland to overtime, lost because CJ McCollum stepped out of bounds. One of the most incredible basketball games ever played, and Portland lost that game despite the fact Dame Lillard scored the final 24 points for the Trailblazers as the sixth seed against the three-seeded Denver Nuggets without Jamal Murray. And that game, when it happened on our podcast, I called it the greatest NBA basketball game in a decade. And if this is the only game that could compare to what happened to the Sacramento Kings and the Los Angeles Clippers on Sunday or on Friday of last week, then I think we witnessed what might be the greatest regular season basketball game in my memorable lifetime, or at the very least my lifetime watching NBA basketball. And not only did I watch it, I got paid to watch that game. And I got paid to do stats and information for that game. And I got paid to put it on the radio for all of your consuming pleasures across the Sacramento Kings audio network. And man, it was so much fun. For those who don't know what happened in this basketball game, just a quick synopsis. The Sacramento Kings and Los Angeles Clippers both were going to set their franchise records for points in regulation. This game went to double overtime. The lowest scoring quarter from either team was 36 points. The Los Angeles Clippers made 23-pointers in the first 3 quarters of this basketball game. The score was 40, or sorry, the score yeah, the score was 40 to 40 at the end of the first quarter. The score was 80 to 76 at halftime. The, Kawhi Leonard scored 38 points in 3 quarters, which was already his season high in points. He set it in 3 quarters and still had over 20 minutes of basketball still to play in the game. Granted, Kawhi only finished with 44 points. There was an opportunity for him to go for 50, 60, even 70 points in that game if he had put up the numbers that Malik Monk for the Sacramento Kings did in the fourth quarter, overtime, and double overtime. I'm looking here at my official box score from the NBA because I got to snag an official NBA box score coming out of this basketball game. And the Sacramento Kings, and this is again my first year working for professional sports, shall we say. The the Kings are like two remove two paychecks removed from paying for my paychecks. But I'm looking at this official box score that I will keep for the remainder of my basketball broadcasting career or sports broadcasting career. And the score at the end of the third quarter was Clippers 117, Kings 110. Remember, these teams, their franchise records for points. For the Kings, it's 155. For the Clippers, it's 154. 
and they are on pace to break those records in regulation. And the Cl- the Clippers go up by 14 points early in the fourth quarter. Kawhi Leonard has 40 points at this point in the game. He's made six three-pointers, which Kawhi Leonard is a great basketball player. He's not out here making six three-pointers night to night in these games. Paul George has made five three-pointers at this point in the game. Norman Powell has made four three-pointers. Like, the Clippers are just going berserk, berserk in this basketball game. And the Sacramento Kings have the number one offense in the NBA. And when they get to the fourth quarter, all of a sudden the Sacramento Kings start cooking because the NBA is going to give out a Clutch Player of the Year award for the first time this year. De'Aaron Fox basically has that award tied down. He's got the most clutch time points. He's got the most points per game in fourth quarters. The Kings have had incredible comeback victories on the backs of De'Aaron Fox and in this game, Malik Monk. The Sacramento Kings were on fire in the fourth quarter and they came back from 14 points down cut it to one and then cut it to three and then with 10 seconds left to go Malik Monk hit a crazy dunk this is the other part of this game that we'll get to there are alley-oop dunks that are just forgotten in this game there are coast-to-coast two-hand jams by Keegan Murray and Russell Westbrook and they're just forgotten because of how ridiculously insane this basketball game was. And so at the end of the fourth quarter, at the end of this entire chaotic game, you get the Sacramento Kings down by only three points. They they fouled the they fouled the Clippers with uh, I believe it was about eight seconds left to play after they went coast to coast and scored a layup instead of trying to push back against them. And courtesy of the Sacramento Kings audio network and legendary Sacramento Kings broadcaster Gary Gerald, the G-man who I get to work with. This is my first year, but it's his 38th year calling Sacramento Kings games. Here's Malik Monk at the end of the game, down three points in a game that, again, in the fourth quarter was 153 to 150. Fox takes the dribble to the left, hesitates, in attack mode, drives inside, kicks to the corner. Here's Monk. He launches for three. He's got the triple. This game's tied one second to go. Inbound pass to Kawhi Leonard. A 60-foot three hits the front rim, and we're going to overtime. Absolutely ridiculous. A game-tying three-pointer with 1.4 seconds to play to make it 153 to 153. Because during this entire game, like I'm talking to G-Man and I'm talking to the guys who are in the broadcast booth. I'm just like, every commercial break, take a breath. It's take a breath. This game has been incredible. It's just three-pointer after three-pointer. The teams are shooting so incredible. The Sacramento Kings are shooting 60% from the field. The Clippers are shooting 60% from three-point range. In a game where a team made 20 or more three-pointers, nobody had shot better than 55% this entire season. 55% was the previous high. The Clippers were shooting an outrageous 60% from three-point range, and it wasn't enough to win because the Sacramento Kings can also put up 154 points 
ass backwards and Malik Monk put up 15 points in the fourth quarter De'Aaron Fox put up 10 points in the fourth quarter the Sacramento Kings were amazing and the Clippers were just as amazing Kawhi Leonard hitting post-ups on Keegan Murray Russell Westbrook beat Keegan off the dribble I know I'm picking on Keegan Murray a little bit here but like just incredible 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 moves by the Clippers and the Kings. So all of a sudden the game goes to overtime after Sacramento was down 14 points in the fourth quarter. Now all of a sudden the game goes to overtime and me as someone who just wrote a book about Kawhi Leonard and is talking about Kawhi Leonard and the Kings or sorry Kawhi Leonard and the Spurs and then him going to the Raptors and then to the Clippers. One of the iconic moments of our book is the Kawhi four bounces shot. And then lo and behold, at the start of overtime, you get a mirror image of that because Kawhi hits a three bounce shot to give the Clippers a four a three point lead against the Kings, courtesy of the Sacramento Kings audio network. Then he gives it up, driving Westbrook, drops it off the baseline. Kawhi launches, bounces once, twice, three times, and it falls in. Slowing down with each bounce, back iron, fell in. There were two moments in this basketball game where I let out an involuntary laugh, like a (laughs) kind of laugh. I know that was kind of creepy because it was voluntary there, but just an involuntary, ha, I can't believe all this is happening. One of them was when Terrence Davis buried a three-pointer to lead the comeback for the Kings in the fourth quarter, and the other time was Kawhi Leonard's triple bounce shot in overtime because... I mean, come on, man. The quadruple bounce is Kawhi's iconic shot. It's one of the most iconic shots in NBA history. It was one of my, it might be my favorite moment watching basketball prior to Friday night. And I mean, Russell, uh, Kawhi Leonard just hit a three bounce shot that made it look like the Clippers were about to pull away. And then Westbrook drained a three-pointer right after that. And they took a four point lead in overtime, courtesy of the Sacramento Kings audio network. Kawhi on the right angle against Harrison Barnes. Almost lost it. Saves it. Gives it up to Paul George. Drives to the edge of the paint. Kicks to the wing. Westbrook for three. He's got the triple. Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook does not make three-pointers. Russell Westbrook did not make a three-pointer up until that point in the game. Russell Westbrook has not made a three-pointer in that entire game. He's he's played two games with the Clippers. That was his only three-point basket. And it gave the Clippers... A four-point lead with two minutes to go in overtime. Did that matter? No, because we had ridiculous dunks and layups to help bring the Kings back, courtesy of the Kings Audio Network. Comes Kawhi off the curl, drives it inside. Floater off the dribble, in and out, no good. Rebound cleared by Monk. Sprints up the floor, splits two defenders. Go strong for the two-hand hammer. Oh, what a drive up the floor by Malik Monk, who now has 30 Three, make it 35, I believe. Checking the, he wiggles on the left wing. Two-point range. Probes pulls back. 18-footer. He's got the bucket. This game is tied at 162. De'Aaron Fox now has 30, let's see, 40 points with that make. So Sacramento comes all the way back to 162-162, and they tied it again, (laughs) again. The game goes to overtime, They and it's 164-164, and now they've already got the top 10 highest scoring game in NBA history, and then it's another bucket from Westbrook, and a three-pointer by Malik Monk, and Malik Monk hitting another clutch bucket late in the game. It's just, Norman Powell buries a three-pointer in there. It's just a ridiculous 
back and forth game. It's second overtime now, so Paul George is out of this game. Demontis Sabonis is out of this game for foul reasons. Like this game is going on. 10 minutes longer than we thought and it was already a classic regular season game and so this was just ridiculous entertainment like just circus shots alley-oop dunks Norman Powell hitting three-pointers at the end Westbrook slashing to the basket Uh, Kawhi Leonard was quiet in overtime but Kawhi Leonard also had this ridiculous block to help put the Clippers up by four points and had the ball up four in double overtime courtesy of the Sacramento Kings Audio Network. Feeds to Plumlee, goes to the rim. He scores. Monk got a hand on it, but he powered through. Two-possession lead for the Clippers, 173-169. Quick run to the rim. Fox is rejected as he came in transition on the right angle, and the Clippers get the ball back. So now there's two minutes to go. Demata Sabonis is out of this game. Paul George is out of this game. Kawhi just blocked a shot in a 173 169 lead clearly this is the point where the Clippers are going to go down and finally seal the deal like I said 14 point lead in the fourth quarter six point lead in overtime they're up four in double overtime now and this is when they're going to pull away this is the moment and then courtesy of the Sacramento Kings audio network Powell drives inside, up and down, move up the rim, no good. Ball tipped out of the wing and Fox has it. Fox cruises up the right side of the floor, puts on the brakes at the free throw line, gives to Monk, rocks, fires for three. He's got another one. 45 points for Malik Monk. And the Kings are right back in it, trailing by one. There's a minute and a half to play. The Clippers have a chance to go up three possessions. They don't convert. Sacramento gets the ball buries a three-pointer and now it's 175 for the Clippers and 174 for Sacramento and with under a minute to play the Kings get the ball back courtesy of the Sacramento Kings audio network Batum to Plumlee, knocked away, Fox with the steal. Fox now heads up the floor, 40 seconds to go. Everybody's on their feet here in Southern California. Fox off the dribble, he scores the 15-footer. The Kings have taken the lead, 36 seconds to go. It's 176, 175. De'Aaron Fox has 42 points with that hit. So now all of a sudden, the Kings have gone from down 14 in the fourth quarter forcing overtime with a Malik Monk three-pointer. Down six in overtime, come back to tie the game thanks to De'Aaron Fox and Malik Monk. By the way, Malik Monk, I think, had eight of their 12 points in overtime. Malik Monk had the fifth highest scoring game for a bench player in NBA history, dropping 45 points in this game. So Malik Monk carrying them in overtime. Then they get to... The, the second overtime, it's Malik Monk with a three-pointer to bring him within one. Fox steals it from Plumlee and hits the bucket. The Clippers end up get, uh, missing a shot. The Kings get it back. The Clippers elect to play defense, and they hold Sacramento to a stop. And now it's 176 for the Kings. It's 176 for the Sacramento Kings. It's 175 
for the Los Angeles Clippers. If you look at the win probabilities uh, graphic, which kind of looks like a heart monitor, which I think is perfect for how they do that, the win probabilities are just Clippers, 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 and then shoots up to Sacramento right at the end. Sacramento was favored to win at only two other points in the entire game. They took the lead one time, one time in the second half of that basketball game, and the Kings fought their way back to a one-point lead late in overtime, and the Sacramento Kings have one play to stop them. And at this moment, we're trying to figure out exactly what is the highest scoring game in the history of the NBA. And since the Clippers don't have a stats person, I'm back in the studio. I'm trying to relay some information real quick because uh, Gary Gerald, who's again the broadcaster for the Sacramento Kings for 38 years, this Clippers game was his 2,999th career game for the Sacramento Kings. He called 3,000 on Sunday against Oklahoma City. His 2,999th game, he's by himself on the road. The Sacramento Kings are... Uh, everyone else is back in Sacramento. The Clippers don't have a stats person, so we're figuring out, you know, what's the score of the game. And so we figure out the highest scoring game in NBA history was 186 to 184. It was in 1983, a triple overtime game between the Denver Nuggets and the Detroit Pistons. And this was the early bad boys Pistons. Like Isaiah Thomas was on the team at this point. I don't think Bill Lambeer had been drafted yet. I don't believe Vinnie Johnson was there yet. Like the Detroit Pistons were playing the Nuggets and it went to three overtimes and that's the highest scoring game in NBA history. Of the top five highest scoring games in NBA history, the Clippers versus the Kings on Friday was the only game that did not have at least three overtimes. They only took two to get to the score the Clippers and Kings had, and if the Clippers and Kings had played one more quarter, it would have only taken 10 points from each team to break the all-time record for most points scored in an NBA basketball game. So I figure this out, relay the information to Los Angeles, we prepare for the last possession of the game, theoretically, because it's a one-point game. It would have to take a foul and a free throw to go to third overtime. So we're theoretically preparing for the last possession of the game, the second highest scoring game in the history of the NBA. And as we prepare for it, you just might hear a familiar name coming up as part of the final call, courtesy of the Sacramento Kings Audio Network. Kyle Ledbetter back in our flagship studios just relaying in my ear that 186-184 is the all-time scoring record in the NBA. Well, here we go. Ball game on the line. Second overtime. 6.1 seconds away from ending. Will the Clippers win it or will the Kings win it? Or will we go to a third overtime? Inbounds to Powell. Left wing. Up fake. Kicks it out to Batum. Launches for three. Misses it. Rebound loose. Kings grab it. Malik Monk has it. And Sacramento from 14 down late in regulation has come back in double overtime to win one of the most memorable games in their 38-year history in Sacramento. 176-175 is the final score. You talk about making a statement. You talk about proving that you're worthy of title contention. What a victory this is for the Sacramento Kings. The second night of a back-to-back with travel. 
They come in here and they take care of business despite the fact that the Clippers rang up a season high 26 made three-pointers. Sacramento ends up with 88 points in the paint tonight for a 40-point advantage. And they win this ball game in double overtime. The final, 176-175. Absolutely magical. Just magical to watch that game and see it end the way it did. It was one of the most entertaining, exciting displays of basketball I have ever watched. And I'm not being hyperbolic just because I was working the game behind the glass on radio. It was a game that was stimulating, exciting. It had three-point barrages. The Clippers tied the second-most three-pointers in a game this season for a team, and they ended up losing. They had the highest three-point percentage of any team making 20 or more three-pointers in a game this year. The Sacramento Kings won that basketball game despite the fact they had win probabilities in three different quarters. Well, if you count uh, fourth quarter overtime and third quarter, having win probabilities lower than 10%, the Sacramento Kings ended up winning that basketball game. And what I talk about all the time is that what drives interest in sports is stakes and storylines. Rare is there a situation where the entertainment is so above and beyond that it will draw people in. And if you want to find storylines, I mean, there's storylines abound from the fact that this is a very probable five versus four playoff matchup in the first round between the Clippers and the Kings. We could talk about the 16-year playoff drought for the Sacramento Kings and me living in Sacramento and working this game. I'm a transplant child, obviously, here in Sacramento, but seeing all these people who had to fight to save their team and now being rewarded with a playoff run and an incredibly fun basketball team that has the highest offensive rating in the history of the NBA, which is a little misleading because, like, 21 of the 26 highest offensive ratings of all time have come in the last three seasons post-pandemic, but still the highest offensive rating in NBA history with a beam that shoots to the sky every time they get a win. This team is so fun and it's so exciting and you can draw all the storylines about a 16-year playoff drought and being here in the moment, it is awesome. It is so cool to get to work in my first season of real professional, you know, working in a real professional environment, getting to have this be the season where they're great. And there's so many great storylines you can drive from this Kings season as a whole and get invested into this game as I have just from being around them for the past six months. But that singular game, a regular season game that should have no merit or impact because regular season basketball games don't have the stakes and the storylines for the individual games themselves, that basketball game was so thoroughly entertaining that I just felt stimulated afterwards. It was incredible, incredible, incredible to watch that happen and to be a part of it 
is something that I'm going to probably remember years and years down the road as I begin in this broadcasting space because it is a legendary moment. We were at the Final Four when Jalen Suggs hit that half-court shot against UCLA, and it was cool to be there in that moment. It didn't feel like being a part of it the way being on the radio broadcast as the guy behind the glass felt for that Sacramento Kings and Los Angeles Clippers game. A regular season game that going in was just like any other regular season game between two playoff caliber teams who will probably not make it beyond the second round in the Western Conference. And that game turned into one of the most enjoyable basketball games ever. I've enjoyed that way more than playoff basketball games with all the stakes and storylines because it was just so entertaining. It... I've watched thousands of basketball games, some on my free time, some I've been paid to watch. I've been live in the arena, I've been working behind boards, I've been watching it on my computer or a TV. This was one of the most thoroughly entertaining games that just felt different than any other basketball game that I have watched and That's so exciting because it doesn't happen every day that you get that. That you get a game that's so thoroughly entertaining that you want to go back and watch the highlights. That's so entertaining that you stop and watch. And look, it's rare that that happens because teams don't score. The reason it was so stimulating and exciting is because teams don't score 150 points in a game every night. I know it feels like every team is scoring more points than ever before. And this is correct. We have stats that can back that up. 150 is an absurd number for one team to hit. Nonetheless, both teams to hit in regulation and then creating a win-or-go-home, must-win-or-die complex in overtime with 150-plus points it w- and to have the team that won be the team that was trailing the entire game was just absolutely magnificent. It's something that I will carry with me hopefully many months and many years after this as a first moment that I can say, hey, this is a moment in broadcasting that I got to do in sports. And ultimately, I love the day-to-day process. I love sports talk. I love watching sports and I'm willing to dedicate a significant portion of my life to it. I mean, not as much as some other people are, but a significant portion of my life to this weird world of sports that exists because it's a weird little community that reflects our society. And I really enjoy doing this sports talk thing because someone told me I was really good at it and I'm a nerd about this stuff and it's so much fun. And this is a moment where on my journey, I can chalk this up as an all-timer moment that I will remember for years and years after the fact. Not just beyond the having a box score to carry with me from the game to remind me of being there for 176 to 175, but beyond that, just seeing all the excitement around that game, seeing the bucket after bucket and basketball looking different than I'm used to seeing it when I watch and even knowing that this is the pinnacle of that sport seeing it look different than before and just the subtle cool part of having my name called on the final call and being a part of that in that way which thank you to G-Man for putting that out there because god I'm going to save that tape for a long time 
to have my name as part of the final call on the second largest scoring game in the history of the NBA. It's so cool and so exciting. And for the Sacramento Kings to win that game, to be that much closer to getting to clinch the first playoff spot in 16 years, the longest drought in the history of the NBA, oh my God, it's just so exciting and so much fun. And you can feel me getting excited beyond the microphone here. You can sense the excitement. You can sense that I'm palpably enjoying this game and this memory that will carry with me hopefully for many, many months and many, many years as we create more and more memories because that's just a really fun part about working in sports. And it's the thing that many people get as fans. Personally, I'm not as invested in from the fan standpoint. I, I decided years and years ago that I wanted to make sports my career. And that was the relationship that I wanted in sports, at least in my early 20s is that I wanted to be paid to watch sports and be paid to talk about sports and just be around this weird, fun environment. And, I mean, this is this is part of the reason why. A regular season game on a February night, on a, a, a regular season Friday night in February, turning into an iconic game that will last for years and years and years, I mean, that's it's just so wonderful that I could be a part of that and it was so incredibly fun to watch the Sacramento Kings win that game with all these people who have grown up in Sacramento and cover the team and have dedicated a huge portion of their lives to this basketball team and this organization as being part of their city and also pursuing a career in sports and sports media it was just so cool to be around that and to be with G-Man calling the game and to be with all the people back in Sacramento who I, I'm so excited for. The ba- that basketball game was just magnificent. And, and it's a moment that I will genuinely carry with me because it was just by happen chance to be one of the great games in the history of the NBA, one of the most entertaining regular season basketball games of all time. It just happened to be a game that was played involving the Sacramento Kings that I got to be on the board for because of this being the time in my life where I'm working behind the glass on Sacramento Kings radio broadcasts. That's something that as I progress in my career, I won't get the chance to do even if I'm around the Sacramento Kings or even if I'm around another basketball team. And so at this exact time, at this moment, I got to be a part of of that and it was so cool to feel like I was a part of that game in that moment beyond just G-Man saying my name right before the final call on the broadcast by chance it was just it was just absolutely magnificent and absolutely incredible and it feels so cool to be a part of that because I don't get this like weird about sports uh, from a fandom standpoint. Sure, I'm an adopted Sacramento Kings fan, but it's not a lifelong fandom. It's not a fandom where if I leave Sacramento, I would feel so compelled to come back and root for that team. I mean, it's I'm a brand new Kings fan. I'm rooting for the team because I get paid to kind of root for the team because it'll make my job more entertaining. And in the meantime, we can write books about Kawhi Leonard and the Spurs and tell stories around sports because sports reflect society in this unique way and doing podcasts like this where we can have long form conversations about real life topics and researched uh, episodes and 
sometimes have fun banter with our friends and just laugh about how silly the sports world is. And every now and then you get a cool moment like the Sacramento Kings and Los Angeles Clippers delivering a game for the ages, the second highest scoring game in the history of the NBA that felt different because it was just so entertaining compared to the monotony of regular season basketball and getting to be a part of that moment without the stakes, without the storylines, without the expectations and getting to be an actual part of it was just so incredibly cool and so incredibly fun and oh, it's just going to be so cool when the Sacramento Kings break that playoff drought. It's going to be so freaking cool when the Sacramento Kings get to break that playoff drought. That seems like the next cool, exciting thing that's going to come up and the 176-175 game is one that's going to be lore for a long time and a game that thanks to this box score and thanks to that final call and thanks to those highlights, I will get to reminisce and savor for many, many years as I progress in this dream job of getting paid to talk about sports and getting paid to follow this wild, wacky world of sports. As I continue along this dream journey, this is one of those moments that the dreams were anticipating. This was one of those cool moments that you got to be a part of. And uh, a little bit of sports history, I played my little bitty part in what ended up happening. So uh, thank you everybody for stopping in. I got so excited about this game and this broadcast and uh, I'm just so excited to talk about the Sacramento Kings and the Los Angeles Clippers. I hope they meet in the playoffs. This game was the most entertaining regular season basketball game of the season and I felt that this was something very, very worthy of sharing with all of you with the hopes that you may have enjoyed this basketball game with the and recapping this basketball game with me and hopefully you got that little bit of a tingle and tinge of excitement about knowing what was going on as the Sacramento Kings and Los Angeles Clippers put together one of the most amazing basketball games ever and just my little part that I got to play in it was a nice little added bonus to it so thanks for stopping in everybody I appreciate you all supporting our dreams we'll be back again all day this week with all every day this week with all sorts of fun podcasts fun guests friends of the show joining us it's gonna be incredibly incredibly fun and I can't wait to share all of our wonderful content and all of our wonderful memories and moments with you here on the take it easy podcast so in the meantime thanks for stopping in leave a download five-star review you've helped support our dreams quite a bit this month with a record setting 26 days here on the podcast so we thank you all for your continued support we'll talk to you again tomorrow and in the meantime take it easy Kyle Ledbetter back in our flagship studios just relaying in my ear that 186-184 is the all-time scoring record in the NBA. Well, here we go. Ball game on the line. Second overtime. 6.1 seconds away from ending. Will the Clippers win it or will the Kings win it? Or will we go to a third overtime? Inbounds to Powell. Left wing. Up fake. Kicks it out to Batum. Launches for three. Misses it. Rebound loose. Kings grab it. Malik Monk has it. And Sacramento from 14 down late in regulation has come back in double overtime to win one of the most memorable games in their 38-year history in Sacramento. 176-175 is the final score. 
You talk about making a statement. You talk about proving that you're worthy of title contention. What a victory this is for the Sacramento Kings. The second night of a back-to-back with travel. They come in here and they take care of business despite the fact that the Clippers rang up a season-high 26 made three-pointers. Sacramento ends up with 88 points in the paint tonight for a 40-point advantage. And they win this ball game in double overtime. The final, 176-175.